Hello, I'm Christy Duncan, founder of Women in Payments, a global network that connects, inspires, and champions women across the global payments industry. Welcome to our Pause for Payments podcast. Every week, we sit down with an inspiring woman leading the way in her field. We'll discuss industry and career-related topics and share personal success stories to inspire and empower the next generation of women leaders. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors for their continued support. With your help, we can go further, faster. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pause for Payments. I am Christy Duncan, and I'm delighted to be here today with Valeria Strappa, who's Managing Director of Integration Leader Wholesale Payments at JP Morgan, and she's based in Frisco, Texas. Welcome, Val. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Christy. It's a pleasure. Today, we are going to talk about M&A business integration. And this is a topic that perhaps many of you haven't heard about, so we're going to learn all about it from Val. The process of bringing companies together with the aim of synergizing and ensuring a smooth integration is a delicate but interesting journey. And Val, you live this day to day, so I want to hear more about this. Let's start by telling the audience about your role and how that all works. So let me tell you about my role um, with JP Morgan. So when I joined JP Morgan five years ago as the CAO of Merchant Services, one of my primary goals was to integrate Merchant Services to the bank. So as you know, Merchant Services was an um, joint venture with First Data when, uh, when we spinned off. Merchant Services was a company. They operated as an independent business. And one of my goals was to integrate merchant service as a product with JP Morgan. So that was a very nice experience trying to integrate a mature company with JP Morgan, my first role. So that was a very nice experience to integrate a large company with another huge bank. So after two and a half years in that role, where I led the strategic initiatives for that business, including integration, we acquired Instamed. Instamed is a healthcare payments company, and we needed to bring that company together with JP Morgan. So what we were trying to accomplish was to create or build an industry ecosystem, an industry-focused ecosystem of payments. So the beauty of this integration is that I had the opportunity to run the integration end-to-end from business strategy to systems to controls. So I was able to see it all through. But I would say that the most relevant integration was the cultural integration. I know we will talk about culture a little bit later, but that's my role. It was successfully integrate fintechs with very large banks. I think that beyond the integration of Instamed was how can we successfully integrate and accelerate the integration of fintechs into a banking system? Wow, that sounds like a huge, huge job, Val. I'm really intrigued. And I'm sure that automation, optimization, and culture, as you've mentioned, are just a few of the important elements doing one of these M&A integrations. Can you tell us about that and why did you start focusing on integrations? Yeah, I think it wasn't something that I pursued, but my background is consulting. So when I started my career, I started with McKinsey. 
And what McKinsey did for me was gave me the analytical and strategy framework to then break down big problems in pieces and simplify the outcome and then execute. So when I left McKinsey to G Consumer Finance, what they were looking for was two things. One, bring new talent to the team that could build, turn around, or integrate businesses because it was a very young organization. And I did those three. I launched a business, the, the retail business to consumer, the first business that G had created that way. I turned around the business, but then in my third job, what I did was integrate the different portfolios that they had acquired in Latin America. So basically I focused on the CEO strategy, the CEO agenda. And what CEOs look for is growth, synergies, controls, right? It's, it pivots around those and innovation and transformations, those three to five topics. And the way many times you accomplish or deliver against those goals is through integration. We integrate businesses, business models, processes, um, and that simplifies businesses. Then you can extract synergies. You reduce the level of risk. You can gain scale. So that's how I got into this world of um, integration. And I think I've done this throughout my career, regardless of the job that I was in. When you think about how can we improve the client experience, how can we improve the relationship with the client, many times it's improving processes and integrating channels so you have an omni-channel uh, experience. So it's not necessarily just about how do you integrate a company, but how do you bring that mindset of integration, regardless of what role you're in? Wow, this sounds really interesting and multifaceted with your growth and your synergies and the control and the integration, the process and the scale. You've got a lot of different moving parts. I, I can't imagine how you keep it all straight. So what do you find the most interesting and challenging, Val, in this role? I think the most interesting part is when you bring these two companies or processes or functions together, when one plus one equals four. So it's not about just bringing them together and deliver what they delivered before. It's how do we bring these two entities together and we exponentiate what they do. So it's it's not about preserving the value, it's about making that value exponential. And to me, when, when you see that happening, it's like magic, but you can tell that I'm very passionate about it, but it's really amazing when you see that happening. I think the most challenging part of the role, as you said before, is, or you alluded before, is there are many moving pieces, but it's usually culture. It's the culture, bringing the culture together, making those two entities or to those two companies feel that they have a, a common goal at the end of the time. You can have many differences. You can have different approaches, but if you have a common goal I, and a good governance process to manage those differences, I think it's very doable, but it's very challenging at the same time. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, and talking about challenges, I'm sure that one of your key objectives is to manage and avoid potential risks. Is there some secret formula to integrating a business 
to navigate those potential risks? And, and how do you do that? I think it's, it's managing the risk, of course, and it's also protecting the asset that you acquire. Because many times when you acquire a company, I think you can go to the two extremes. Either you leave the uh, acquired company on their own, hence you never really accomplish or you never deliver the expected value because the synergies never happen, or you integrate way too soon or too much, and then you suffocate and you dilute the value that you acquire. So I think the way we do it is by, we develop this framework of four S's and a very strong governance process. So before we acquire a company, I think it's important to have very clear what is the spirit of the acquisition? What is the rationale for why we are acquiring this company or for why we are integrating this process or why are we trying to merge these two business uh, models? I think that's where everything starts because with that North Star in mind, then everything else comes together, right? It's, it's easier to identify what, what is aligning to that goal and what it's not. The second one is before the, the due diligence starts or maybe during the due diligence as well, even before the acquisition starts is what is the statement of that integration? And by statement, I mean, what are the things that we need to preserve and the things we are not going to negotiate. So when there's a, there's a new company or a new business coming together, what are the things that I need to preserve? No matter what, no matter what controls, no matter what policies, we need to find a way to preserve the value that we acquire. But on the other hand, what are those things that we're not going to negotiate as an acquiring company? Because those are critical to maintain the bigger company's identity and also to preserve the company from any incremental risk. So to me, that statement, it's super important. And that is something that now the spirit we defined you know, on our own. It's the acquiring company that defines it. But then the statement is something that has to be early on shared with the acquired company to make sure that both parties agree what are the value-added and untouchables and the non-negotiables because that drives so much clarity and eliminates so much friction in the process. As we go through the uh, due diligence, that's when we start shaping the strategy of that integration, because we learn a lot more about the processes and each function can start delineating what is that checklist and how are we gonna integrate, what's the sequence of that integration. And once that strategy is in place and we are very close to closing the deal, then is how do we define the structure, which is what you alluded to before as well, is how do we preserve the company from increasing the risk? So it's the structure of the integration, what, which work streams and how are we gonna work together? How are we gonna integrate? How are we gonna escalate? How are we to manage our differences and without creating disruption? So I think those four steps are what have we are very conscious about and very structured about. That's with my team, we developed that playbook and I think it's proven very successful. Wow, this is really, really interesting, Val. I like the way you, you know, the engineer in me likes the way that you've got this into these four S's. So you've got the spirit of the acquisition. Why are we doing it? What's gonna be the fantastic endpoint? The statement of the integration on 
you know, what is or what isn't negotiable, the strategy on how we're going to actually do this that we figure out during the whole due diligence process, but then the structure of how do we actually preserve the value and come to an end point that everybody is happy with and gets to that. I love this one plus one equals four. I've never heard that yes. before. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe you like the structure because we're both engineers, so that's that's the engineer in us. So exactly, engineers yeah. are good. Yeah, so this is this is really interesting. You've got this really rewarding role, and I want to ask from your perspective. And we talked a little bit about you know structure and and tech backgrounds and stuff, but from your perspective, what do you think? are the skills required to integrate a business and how have these helped you in your career, Val? Very, very interesting and really great question. I, I think, of course, you have to understand the business. You don't have to be an expert, but you have to understand the business that you're trying to integrate. That's a given. I think having a very strong sense of structure Framework, it's, I think it's everything. And it, come, it, it may come across as a little bureaucratic, but having a very good structured approach to integration, I think, or approach to what you do in different roles, it's really important. So structure, strategic thinking, analytical uh, skills, but also I would say very, very important is the ability to manage change. And I can't emphasize enough what it means. Sometimes when we talk about change management, it's taken very lightly because people might think about change management as communication or training. And it's way beyond those two things, which are part of change management. I remember when I went through my Six Sigma certification and we had we went through a training that was change acceleration program. And I think back those days, I didn't understand or I underestimated the value of that framework back in G, my GE days. But change management is about reading the culture, reading the needs of the different players. In the end, Peter Drucker said, culture will eat strategy for breakfast, meaning that it doesn't matter how effective your strategy is, culture will set the tone for how successful you are. So change management is about understanding people's drivers, people's incentives, and how do you make them come together? How do you bring the teams along? And how do you tell the story in a very clear and compelling way? So I think when you bring structure, strategy, and change management together, you understand what people need and what people fear. I think it's even more important is what is people fearing? So what is the acquired company fear? What are the fears to join a larger company? Oh, I fear I will lose my identity. I fear I will lose my speed and agility because I'm joining a huge bank. Banks can be fearful of controls. Am I acquiring a company that we were, are going to be able to control, that it's going to add value, not increment uh, risk? So once you understand that, and then you have clarity around the spirit and the strategy of that acquisition, and you can communicate in a simple and compelling way that story, and then take time to build one-on-one -on -one relationships and bring the teams along together. I think those are, those are really important skills. So I would say, again, very strong program management skills, strategic approach, 
and deep change management skills. You can name many others, but those three, I think, are the most critical ones. And clearly, you've done a very good job of developing those skills to a fantastic level to get to you to where you are today. Val, this has been a really great discussion, and I love your perspectives and how you approach this whole, I mean, this is a big, big job is managing an integration and you don't have a lot of room to, you know, for error or to get it wrong for sure. You have had this fantastic career and I understand you might be uh, doing a little bit, something a little different going forward. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe share some of your career tips that uh, might be of interest to the rising stars in our audience? Sure, absolutely. A month ago, I took a new role internally. Now I am the head of liquidity and uh, account services for the Americas. That means Canada, North America, and Latin America. So this is this is a big job that I am very excited about, uh, very thankful to my boss, Laurie Schwartz, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, she's a star, and I am I'm thrilled to be part of this new team. To start answering your question about tips, I think it's all about building transferable skills. So being a subject matter expert, it's really, really important in many cases, but building skills that will help you adjust to different roles, to different situations, is very important. So that is number one identify transferable skills that you want to develop, uh, particularly in this world, in this changing world that evolves where flexibility is one of the most important skills. What are those transferable skills that you want to build in your career? Number two, I think, is jump at the challenge, right, or to the challenge. Whenever you, you're given a, an opportunity, take measured uh, risks, but go for it. Because what is the worst that can happen? That's the way I see it. Every time a huge challenge was put in front of me, I've always said yes, because that's the way to grow. I think that limits are flexible. As JP Morgan said, right, go as far as you can. And when you get there, you will see even farther. It's the same thing in at work, like do something that you think it's the most challenging thing you can do. And once you've done it, then you, you, you look back and say, oh, that was pretty good. And now I'm ready for the next challenge. So never shy away from a um, good challenge, right? Um, I love that. Yes. And then last, I would say is make sure you solve right challenges. You solve right problems. Problems that have the, either the opportunity to make the company grow that are in the strategic agenda of big leaders, regardless of what you get for yourself. Because if you are able to do that and you do that with passion because that's something that you like, the reward will come later. Many times you don't even have to look for that reward. That would be my advice. I don't want to say don't be selfish, but it's don't be self-centric. Think about what you can give because then you will receive rewards from what you do for your company. And that has been my experience at least. Wow, such great words of inspiration and they all ring so true. I love that building transferable skills and you talked about that earlier about you've got this fantastic 
uh, expertise integrating, you know, M&A <laughs> uh, targets. But now you're going to take some of those amazing skills and bring it into the whole world of liquidity management and not only yeah. learn, but develop your own skills and bring other skills to that, that area. So that's fantastic. Rising to challenges. Here's yet another challenge in your career to, to learn about and, and add value to another whole part of the bank. That's really, really exciting. So we will take your cue and, <laughs> and look for and rise to those challenges. But solving the right problems, I think you're right. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Correct. Val, this has been an absolutely amazing discussion. I've been so inspired. I've learned so much about the world of M&A integration, but also about the world of building a career with uh, skills that we can, we can build out, getting that one plus one equals four, both in what we do at work, but in our careers is, is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And uh, thank you again. Thank you for having me. And I hope it's been helpful and inspiring. That's a very nice accomplishment. So um, thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, it's been an absolute delight. And thank you to our audience for joining us today. I'm going to encourage everybody to join us for the many other Pause for Payments episodes where we invite uh, amazing women from around the world of payments like Val to join us for some fantastic discussions on building careers and doing fantastic things in the payments industry around the world. Thanks very much. Thank you, Christy. And thank you for everything you do. This is, this is great. And all the work you're doing for women in payments, it's just fabulous. Thank you for all, all your hard work and amazing work. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks so much. Pause for Payments is produced by Women in Payments, and you can learn more about us at womeninpayments.org. You can also sign up to be a member and gain access to our global membership portal, where you'll find the latest industry trends, exciting career opportunities, and so much more, all created by women for women. All of our episodes can be found on many good podcast streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to rate and subscribe. It really helps us to get found by others. Thanks everyone for listening.